0: Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album vs. Album. The King Diamond Podcast with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. him a Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Vault. There's also Old Man Metals Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The Right Opinion for those who love politics, a South Park podcast called Suck My Balls, The Infinite Fringe, watch a watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido, Extradivarius guitarist, the Timo Tolki podcast, and the great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like Podcasts. So check out RatSalReview.com or search Review on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. back to this broadcast belongs to them hello everybody it's like we haven't seen each other in a long time i know <laughs> but we are back this week and we are doing in the Sh- in the shadows and the switch there because the microphones on this side in the shadows in the shadows one of the all time greatest reunited albums ever in my opinion yes and I also love this version of the vinyl. This is a, a reissue. But it's cool. Gatefold. All the pictures of the band. Oh, cool. There. And is it's the one a, that just uh, came out? Of... No, this is the old one.
1: Yeah, I have that one.
0: Uh, Back on Black, it's from. Yeah. and uh, White vinyl. I don't have any white vinyl, but I thought that was pretty
1: cool, too. Bone white. Oh, that's
0: cool. Bone white. So Very cool album. I
2: have a, Angel Witch's first album on White Witch, White Vinyl.
1: <laughs> I have it, Greg, and you, you and I have only have the pressing that only 500 were made. Yep. Oh, wow. no I shit. have that one as well.
0: Really cool. Um, I remember buying this. My This is actually my first Merciful Fate album that I bought that was brand new when it came out. I bought it on cassette. I was very excited to get that because I saw the... Um, I think, actually, the video came out first for Egypt. And it was on Headbangers Bowl. Yeah, yes. yeah Yep. Yeah. And King Diamond made his uh, interview on, on uh, Headbangers Bowl with Ricky Rackman. I thought that was so cool. I waited up. Th- I had to watch that go on live at that, night, at that night when it came on. And it was just so cool. He was si- it was weird to me because he was sitting there wearing glasses. I'm like, he didn't put no makeup on. He's just like a normal guy. And I, kind of, I was a little disappointed. But it was still cool to see him on there. So I'll never forget that. Lisa you have something that you want to show us?
3: Too. I do well, I know that you and I were in the same place, or we were doing the same thing at the same time because I saw that interview live as well oh. so and but i I have uh, my my brag about Merciful Fate is I got to witness their very first show in the United States, and mm-hmm. that was at the Roseland Theatre in Portland, Oregon, and the day before. They came to, for what it's worth, records in Beaverton, they did an album signing. So I got to have uh, an album signed by them. But this is a, this is a bootleg recording of, and it's just, it's just a piece of, you know, it's like from the conspiracy era, and they just pieced it together. It's just white cardboard, and it's a bootleg of that concert. The first concert they ever did in the United States is not even anything on the album itself. But I found this online. (laughs) I I just bought this as a collector's item, just you know, to remind me that I was there, man. What did you pay for it? What did I pay for it? It was probably like eight bucks or something. I don't know. Damn, that's good.
4: Yeah, that's cheap.
3: Super cheap. Slayer was supposed to open for them, but they had to reschedule the show, and they couldn't come up or something. So they rescheduled it for like two days later. So I, I, I'm i not even sure. I don't even remember who opened for them. Mm. I was just like, by, by the time they showed up, I was already just obsessed with merciful things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what did you have signed?
3: I had Don't Break the Oath sign. It was just when it was released.
0: Oh, wow. You still have yep. it? Yep.
3: I still have it. Yes, oh, that's I do. Awesome. There are Sharpie scribbles all over it, and they were all very.
0: <laughs> So you should have brought that on too. Show us.
3: You know, it's it's in a box <laughs> somewhere, and I couldn't find it otherwise. Uh, it's
0: blasphemer. Right. I know that should time. be
2: hanging on your mantle. It dude. should be, but you know.
0: I'm yeah, actually I'm curious new. because I want to see. No, I, I I don't know. I want to hear your <laughs> explanation
3: <laughs> because I moved from one place to another, and there's a box. I mean, this is fucking sad. There's a box of records that I can't locate because we have a big shared storage space with my my nephews stuff my dad's stuff my mom's old stuff my husband's stuff and it's all in there and there's a box of records in there with like old kiss albums you know like german records with the square s's and stuff there's all kinds of cool records in this box i just gotta find this box but i just haven't taken the time to tear everything apart to find it yet so thanks for the reminder. I do need to tear that place up and find that damn box of records.
1: I hope it's Not there. Not a problem.
3: No, I hope it's there too because my, like I said, I don't have a record player It's because Ugh. I had a storage with my stepdad. Sounds like stuff. there's
2: going to be one yeah. dead nephew.
3: <laughs> 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 you, where's my record? <clears throat>
1: <clears throat> <clears throat>
3: anyway, I...
1: Enough.
0: I'm actually I'm curious though what King how King signed his uh autograph.
1: He puts I a little upside down cross. Yeah,
0: but I wonder if he did that back in the day too. Oh um. yeah. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah.
3: yeah. I don't recall.
2: I I think there's actually like pictures of it inside of the uh Don't Break the Oath issue now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah.
0: Hmm. All right. Well, at least I finds it. We want to see it.
2: Indeed.
3: Yeah, well I will. Oh
2: and yes, what? I have a new shirt that King made me as well. The Return of the Vampire. Yeah. Fits oh, deep. very nice. Oh good.
0: Very and,
2: nice. And um interesting you guys mentioned that interview because that was the first time I ever saw King Diamond too. However, I was about eight years old and I was up late <laughs> watching TV, so it really blew my mind. <laughs> And it took me a few years to have real money to get a record, but that was awesome seeing that. I used to try to watch that video whenever they would play
0: it. <laughs> yeah, it was still it, I it was kind of shocked too, in a way, because finding out that that was their first video that they ever did. Like, I was just amazed that they never did one earlier, but MTV obviously wasn't around then. And music videos, I guess, kind of existed, but not really. You know, So I guess I can see why they never did one but it was finally cool to see them do one so many years later from the album In the Shadows and we'll start with the song Egypt yes I love Egypt starts off with the acoustic guitar and it comes in and he's doing his his ah uh, thing and screaming like King Diamond usually does falsetto falsettos, yes. yes thank you um, one of my top one of my other top favorite uh, merciful fate songs ever I love the double bass when uh, they mm-hmm. get uh, into the, the verse part there, and then the. Um, I also love the int- the beginning of the song with the leads, the lead guitars, and the double bass and stuff. Just a, a, all around great song. I mean, I can't really epic. say much more about it really. It just it's an yeah, epic song, great chorus, great verses, great uh, guitar solos, drumming's pretty cool too. Not Kim Ruz, unfortunately. But uh, the guy who's on the album, Morton Nielsen. Oh, that's the other thing, too. Snowy Shaw's picture is on the album, but he is not in the album. He does not play anything on this.
2: Nope.
0: Nope. So it's all Morton Nielsen. He was a hired drummer, and he does all the drumming. And um, he does a pretty decent job. Not Kim Rose, but but he's good. Yeah, exactly. Solid. Next.
1: Great song. What can I say? You said everything there is to say. Yeah. it's uh I, yeah i i kind of like the first time i heard it i was like oh man this is oh. almost awesome. you know merc- this is merciful fate you know but uh after that little mellow section in the beginning it, though it doesn't sound to it but it, it's kind of like a homage to the beginning of corpse without soul like it is like such, such a ripping solo like bam you know oh, yeah oh. okay for for the longest time yeah. um my favorite songs were different on here. And now my favorite song off this album is Egypt. You know, it yeah. took a while. It took many years to, you know, mm-hmm. finally. But it's been like, I don't know, two, three years. It's like, man, I'll never forget, like, driving around in my car with my iPod Shuffle and Egypt comes on. I'm like, dude, this is the best song on the album. Why, why <laughs> you know, song rules, man. It's so good. Favorite line, wow, jackal head. I <laughs> yep. love that yeah. shit. <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh yeah, Greg. Greg. Yeah, go for it, Greg. Uh,
2: you guys covered it all. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else I can say about <laughs> yeah. it. It's a great so song. Good. It's it my is. favorite song on the record too. It's just amazing.
0: Well, now you know. Now you know why they made it a video. The first video. Uh, the bell witch, another great song. Uh, comes all of this I think song,
2: it, especially the chorus when he does that. I in the air, you breathe. I'm the bell witch. You can just imagine him coming up behind you and grabbing your hair and sucking the fucking white horse <laughs> out because he's King Diamond and this is merciful baby pussies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I actually didn't know the bell witch was a, a real thing, mm-hmm. I had no idea. It's, it's I mean.
3: Appalachian. Yeah. It's an Appalachian tale. Yeah,
0: and um, yeah, listen to the lyrics, and then oh. when I... Actually, I only found that out a few weeks ago. Because <laughs> my wife posted something on Facebook, and I'm like, wait a minute, The Bell Witch, there's a Merciful fate song called The Bell Witch, and I'm listening to it, and I'm reading what the thing says, I'm like, shit, it's about that. <laughs>
3: I know, because I'm a redneck, so rednecks know about that story. Yeah. Yeah, so From Appalachian.
0: Cool. Of course, I played my wife the song, she didn't like it. So. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, another another really great song. And actually, it ended up being, um, I, I, I guess, technically the single, that they, the other single that they made off the album, because they made mm-hmm. a little EP after this yeah. that had a couple live songs. But uh, really great that. song. Great song. And again, can't really say much about it, because there's just so many things on this album that are really great. Just a great song. It's
3: a Hank Sherman tune. And Hank is a master of dissonance really a master of dissonance disharmony just out of the major or minor key but it all really works it's just it's got all this multi-instrumental these different parts it's got funky bits in it it's just this song is is crazy good the vocals the layered vocals it's just really well produced man yeah this song kills
1: it's great I love it.
2: You
1: don't it's it is awesome. The changes, the, the slow tempo in the beginning, and then the mm-hmm. raising. And uh, a side note uh, the, the video for this is a combination of an outdoor show and the Fort Lauderdale show I was at. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a guy, I uh, forget his name now. He's a friend of a friend who actually knew King Diamond and got permission to shoot the whole show from the. Balcony with two separate cameras, and they're both in its entirety on YouTube. And um, I was all the way up front. Man, this show—I mean, you know how I am with merciful fate. When when that show happened down here, I got there at two p.m. First person because <laughs> it's general mission. I was the first guy at that door. When they opened that door, I ran all the way up front, dead yeah. tip, against the railing. I'm like, you know, flops. Some came yeah. out; they were great. But I wouldn't move. And I mean, the whole, I mean, it was packed too. And out of everybody up front, there was this really beautiful girl comes up to me and says, please, can I stand where you're standing? And I, I was like, I don't care how beautiful you are. <laughs> see, see everybody here? I'm the last person at ask to take my place. <laughs> she got mad at me, but that's fine. There's two mm. parts of the, the show too that you can spot on video where King, uh, Messes with me really um, during Dangerous Meeting. I forgot what line, but on Gypsy, when I go, you are the Satan child. Like he's pointing at me and I'm singing with him, and so am I. And then he points at me and goes, "You better believe it." Got <laughs> to see the video, and I'm like, "This is the greatest moment of my life." I fucking what, definitely my top five favorite shows of all time, um, yeah. in the shadows. But yeah, the Bellwitch video. Is Fort Lauderdale. All the indoor footage you see is from the show I was at. And it's great quality. You can see its entirety on YouTube. There's two separate angles. And okay. check it out. It was such a great performance.
0: Yeah. yeah definitely really I cool. I like that now. Greg, anything? Nope. You guys covered it. Love it. Yeah, great song. Cool. cool story, too, Ralph. That's fucking <clears> awesome. <throat> the Old Oak. Do you remember the bridge do you remember the bridge that was standing in ruin do you remember the sign demons and witches were doing another really great song the one thing I, and I should have mentioned this earlier about this album um, the production is a lot cleaner than on mm-hmm. the first two albums yeah. yep i I, I like it. I, I wish it was a little bit more dirtier sounding and a little bit more, maybe some more reverb and stuff in it. But th- this album is just, uh, it's so, it's just, it's one of my favorite all time albums to begin with. So there's it, it, just really nothing bad about this thing at all. But um, the production, I just, I love how the album is, is produced. Um, the Old Oak, another song, I, I can't say nothing bad. It's, it's hard to talk about this album because I love every song just about. Mm-hmm. There's maybe one song that I'm not crazy about. But The Old Oak, I love the story of the song. Oh, that's the other mm-hmm. thing, too. On this album, I feel the songs are more towards like a King Diamond album than more of a Merciful Fate album, I think. They, they, they
2: are a little bit, and that's actually probably the only thing I really don't like about it. I would really? have liked at least one song about the <laughs> devil. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, that's
1: <laughs> true.
0: Because yeah.
2: every, every song seems
0: like it's a concept.
1: You're right. There is kind of a double song that. on here, but we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it.
0: We'll get to it? All right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. The old oak. I mean, it's a it's a great song. Cool
1: chorus. I think, it's, I it's think the, the old, old, old pagan oak. Tree. Yeah, I, I think it's the hidden gem on here. Mm. You know, as far as I know, it's never been played live. Uh, you know, it's a, one of those long opus that yeah, only like, merciful fate can do. You know what I'm saying? You know, millions of changes oh, yeah. all up, and cramming killer changes and killer riffs all through it. And I think it's a dark horse on this album. I mm. love it's Old Oak. Like nine
3: minutes long, almost. This song. Oh, yeah, that's a, it's a very really epic. long song.
2: Yeah. It's a yeah. great song. It's one of their best epics. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I love the ending. It's almost like, you know, my husband sometimes he hears me like we're you know. I'm singing along with metal, you know, and he says, oh, it sounds like a show tune to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe sacrificing their own, you know, it's like totally <laughs> metal show tune at the end of this track. So it's like neoclassical stuff and headbanging stuff and mosh pit stuff. It's just all there. And like one nine minute song with this epic story and this awesome production Tim Kimsey, I wrote his name down. He was actually a Grammy-nominated engineer. He was nominated for a Grammy for a Christian album. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Interesting. And he, he did this album. He did Time. He did The Graveyard. And man, <laughs> uh, the guy knows his shit. Oh, wow. Everything's very clear. You can hear all the instruments. Everything is, Everything sounds louder than everything else, in a way. You can hear everybody really clear. I think it's really well produced. The vocals, the layered vocals, primo. Yeah. Primo producer.
0: Yeah, definitely. The, the production's oh, really yeah. good on this album. Not mm-hmm. like the old albums, but it's it's good. It, for this, it needed to be cleaner, because it wouldn't have worked with the old production. You know, it's I don't very think it would work as well. Yeah, yeah, very
3: precise mm. performances.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah I, and, uh, I, and, and the... I do think
2: this one's really like the centerpiece of the album, though. I feel I've always felt it comes too early in the track list. I think You're it right. should have been a couple songs back.
1: You're right. Yeah. Kind of too long to be so uh, in front of the album. You're right. Mm.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, too too multi dimensional. Yeah. I like it better mm-hmm. than Legend of the Headless Rider, though. It would have been totally fine if they would have swapped places with it. Because I feel like the old oak would lead, in it. is that you, Melissa, really well? But
0: yeah, that's the other thing too. Well, we'll get to that anyway later. Um, next song, Shadows. Uh, yeah, this is probably the most catchy chorus they ever wrote. I next think it's also the, the song
2: that sounds the most like a King Diamond song. Yeah,
0: it's it's yeah. almost it almost really like does. A, yeah. A, a, almost, I don't want to say poppy, but it's very. I, the chorus is so catchy. I guess could make me be kind of lumped in like almost like hey, pop.
2: I don't know if song. I'd really say poppy. It just it has that more melodic feel to it, like a lot of his songs do on them and conspiracy. Yeah.
3: It's got yeah, that but... beat that's <laughs> it's in gypsy, you know that bump 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 that kind mm-hmm. of beat. But this song always makes me think. I would love to see the Muppets make a King Diamond Muppet
4: <laughs> and do this
3: song <laughs> with a King Diamond Muppet dancing around because that's the beat. This makes-
2: Dude, <laughs> a King Diamond Muppet doing the that beginning be of the electric insane. company. We're going to turn it on. We're going to bring you the power. Power. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why not?
3: there is a
0: king diamond muppet <laughs> i have seen i have seen the king diamond muppet it was actually is my, my avatar on book yeah somebody really? made one yeah i don't know where i found the picture from but somebody does have one
1: you guys ever heard of a japanese anime called bastards yes no. i have it has uh king diamond uh what, what is oh, it called yeah. King of Diamond or something, but it's King Diamond with fangs.
2: You know, oh, yes, something. I did hear of that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right.
3: Yeah. I forgot all about that. You know what's odd about this song, and I made a note of it. The chorus, he's singing at kind of a low register in his voice. And that's mm-hmm. really unusual because usually he at least has, mm. you know, one little flourish that goes like way up high or something. But yeah. It, I mean, he, I think he's doubling, he's doing an octave, but the, for the most part, that chorus, he's just singing really low. Yeah, the
0: main so part it's, of it, it's
3: yeah. odd. Yeah, it's an odd <clears throat> tune, but very commercial, very, it's got a good beat, you can dance to it, I'll give it a 10.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's my favorite riff on the whole album, how this album yeah. starts. That song yeah. starts. So uh, simple, yet so effective. You know, I love the way King goes, deep in the night, clearer than daylight. It's just, (laughs) dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Very simple. Not really to be expected, you know, but it works. It's hooky. There's hooks in this song. Mm -hmm. And I really love Shadows, which, again, I don't think this has ever been played live, which is odd, because it's kind of a tough track. Interesting.
0: It almost reminds me of Curse of the Pharaohs a little bit. I think that's a very little similar A little for, bit uh, with part first. of the riff, yeah. Okay. yeah. Similar I feel. Um, anyway, yeah,
2: I, I do really like the song. It's just this one so happens to remind me of a solo career a little bit.
0: Yeah, like I said, I think all yeah. these kind of do. And maybe maybe this was really supposed to be a Spider's Lullaby. Who knows?
2: Or before Spider's Lullaby. I don't know. Nah, there's, nah these songs are definitely a merciful fate.
3: Yeah, well, he wrote that song by himself. That's a King Diamond song. Oh, that's
2: true. Yeah. yeah, and
3: there's other songs that like Hank Sherman wrote, and then there's songs that they wrote together. So, yeah, but yeah, it kind of straddles that line.
0: Yeah. Well, apparently, remember, um, Greg, when we were talking to Michael Dinner? Mike Dinner and Hank Sherman were getting back together to, to work on something. I don't remember that's what right. it was. That's
2: um... right.
0: And that's why Merciful Fate got back together, because the songs that they were doing, which I guess probably ended up on his album anyway, sounded like merciful fate
2: (laughs) right i remember him saying that yeah yeah
0: so um all right now we get to a song that's probably not one of my favorites a gruesome time uh this one i don't know you like this song i I like it it a lot oh no i do like this song all right i'm thinking of the next one sorry i'm sorry it's been a long day um, I like. What I really like this song is is the part where um, deep inside your head I'm causing you pain. Deep inside mm-hmm. your head, causing you pain, eternal pain. I love that part. It's very catchy. Very. I like the, the the slow part with the acoustic guitar in there and everything, and how he says it kind of spookily, if mm-hmm. that's a word. Spookily. Spookily. Sure. That's a cool song. I, a cool song.
1: I, I,
2: I love the riffs in the song too. This is the one that sounds yeah. most like old school Marshall Faith to me. I mean, yeah. the whole album sounds like Merciful Faith, but this one really has the feel of like Melissa and Don't Break the Oak. Oh. Love this song. Yeah, this,
3: Denner and King Diamond co wrote this tune. So maybe that's why. There's, it, it's just a really well written song. It's well arranged. The performances are great. I think it's one of his best vocal performances ever you know when you like it when he sings that eternal pain you just Mm -hmm. feel it man you just totally feel it Mm -hmm. i guess it's it's great and timmy you know there's this point where he's doing just these eighth notes you know and just laying it down man the dude just laid it down it does have one thing that's weird about it oh this guitar solo also killing uh Mm -hmm. but it's got this weird fade out does it does it sound to you like they almost at the, had end of the other song, part of the song like they were going to do something else with the song, yeah. but they said, ah, oh, that
0: sucks. <laughs> it I don't know. Yeah, because at the end of the song, he's singing lyrics. He says, yeah. I've come to give you a gruesome time for all the evil you have done. I'll keep coming until the end. I'll keep coming back, my friend. And it kind of ends before he even does that last line. It's kind of weird.
3: So why it's almost wouldn't like you... it was a... Error like something went yeah, something... wrong in the studio and they just said, Okay, we'll it out.
0: <laughs> instead of redoing it over, we'll just do it, fade it here. Yeah. But you think they would they would have faded it after he said that last line, but well, but...
2: I believe it's a song about a murder, right? Maybe it cuts off abruptly, you know, like life ending by a knife, possibly. Could be a theme. Could be.
0: I don't know. That's a good that's a good reason. I'll take it. I'm
2: just guessing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Ralph, a gruesome.
2: Song. Yeah,
1: I pretty much mirror what you guys are saying. Uh, I really love like the, the the heavy sections of the song. You know, the mellow section is really pretty spooky, but yet beautiful. And um, uh, yeah, I like all, all. You know, again, man, "Merciful Fate of the Kingdom" changes, the and way, the way they it's kind of like a, a mini roller coaster ride on this one, and it's a cool tune, man. Gruesome, gruesome, uh, gruesome time. I dig it.
0: Yeah, very cool song. Well, I'm going to end it here for side one. And we're going to go to an interview or a little chat that we had with... Uh, oh my God, I'm I'm drawing a blank.
2: Michael Denner. Snowy show.
0: Oh, oh yeah, no, Michael Denner.
2: Michael Denner. Ooh, cool.
0: And then next week, we're going to have uh, from them, the drummer from them, Angel Cote, will be so, on the next <laughs> episode.
4: That's yes. what I was trying
0: to think of. All right, so we will be back next week with Angel Cote, and for now, check out our interview with Michael Denner. See you guys next time. Bye bye. So the Into the Shadows album. Yeah. Uh, when we were talking uh, to Snowy Shaw about that, he wasn't actually on the album, and you got session uh, session. Let me start that yeah. over. Session yeah. drummer.
4: <laughs> yeah, we got uh, we got uh, we took the guy from uh, Soulsmiths okay so the social sessions we took him over to dallas and uh, and uh, make him uh, do the drums but him and, uh, he and king didn't work uh, work out <laughs> it yeah. didn't have it, it was not good yeah. <laughs> it, it didn't work you know uh, yeah so so king sacked him while i was away uh, I, w- I went back to copenhagen and uh, when i returned for to do my recordings uh he was sacked and then uh, he brought in uh, snowy we see, uh, play with him on, uh, on uh, The DI album uh, the King Diamond album The Eye okay oh, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah Snowy was part of that so uh, he brought in Snowy you know uh, and uh, then yeah so he I mean I think he was yeah he's on the cover of, of, uh, of yeah. in The Shadows even though he don't play on the album
0: yeah yes mm-hmm yeah, so this was very confusing when I, when I got the, uh, the cassette back in the day. Yeah. And I opened I open it up, another I see guy Snowy. Modern
4: uh, yeah. Nielsen is a, a great yeah. drummer, you know, but, but not in the same league as uh, Snowy.
0: You know. Oh, no, not at all. Snowy No, is no, no one, <laughs> nearly
4: no one is. So Yeah. Yeah.
0: But when
2: we talked to him, I think, I think we worked that out. What, what was it we came up Oh, him and Terry Bozio.
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, for me it's uh, it's uh, Snowy and uh, Jan Pace from uh, from Deep Purple. Ah, they my two favorite drummers. Nice, yeah.
0: But so, uh, Martin Nielsen did a good job, I think. You know,
4: I think. Yeah, he, was, he did. He, yeah, he, he played. Did. He yeah, he played what he was ordered to play. Yeah. That but that was that was the spirit in the studio. You know, he was very limited. I mean, uh, you play what's been told. You know, like uh, like yeah. Uh, and uh he was uh, uh on on the edge of a nervous breakdown you know uh, mm-hmm. and uh and for that reason king felt that he was not able to uh to have to have the nerve to uh to, to be in that band
2: right so
4: i mean i mean somehow it was the it was the yeah he was the right to, the decision to make even though Morton was a great drummer and a, and a very very nice guy you know <laughs> a very nice oh, yeah. person yeah yeah,
0: yeah. um was timmy also thought of when you because you weren't uh doing um the other the previous band with timmy so did king want yep. to have him in the band too and and obviously timmy was ready to do it because he's on the album
4: timmy was ready to do it but uh, yeah, he was uh, i do believe he was he was in the middle of a divorce oh, okay. a very tough divorce you know and uh, he had two children there was probably uh, there was a lot of personal problems uh, in his family Mm. so he was only there for for a limited time i i knew that this would this will not last for long you know yeah, yeah, yeah. because uh but it, as a, a reunion thing and also because it is so easy for timmy just to grab the bass and play right so we thought <laughs> that this could be nice to mm-hmm. just bring him a, as long as as possible before he had to uh, to fold it just mm. just to, to to keep so we are for the old guys in the band you know right yeah yeah especially for so, a reunion uh, that's album. Uh, we we knew from the very beginning that this if with timmy it's only a matter of time then yeah. we have to then then he has to leave you know because of his family
0: yeah 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 that's uh, when that album came out i was just i was just actually getting into king diamond stuff i probably around 1991 ish 92 yeah and uh yeah when that when that came out i was like you know really excited to hear it because first of all the the artwork on the uh the front album of uh, the album cover oh, yeah. That's got a really oh, yeah. nice artwork. Yeah. Uh, is that like something like how Melissa was? You just saw the, the artwork somewhere, or did you? No, actually the
4: artwork like, this time around, I think I believe it was the same uh, the painter f- from. Uh, f- I'm not quite. I'm not absolutely sure. Mm-hmm. But it was the uh, it was, uh, it was the guy who who have done uh, King, King Diamond, uh, covers, uh, Abigail, or, or oh, okay. the guy who they actually did uh, M- Melissa okay. And don't break the oath. Mm-hmm. One of these two guys two okay. Swedish guys who, who uh, worked together, you know. So uh, this mm. was, uh, I think this was um, uh, like with Abigail, the Abigail cover, it was uh, an idea, and then the painter uh, did, did the, uh, the artwork mm. uh, out of the lyrics. Yeah,
0: yeah it came out yes. real good. Um, yeah. and, and how did uh, Lars Ulrich get involved? Yeah, uh, he, uh, he heard
4: we uh, reunited And he was just uh, uh, finishing uh, a big uh, Metallica tour, Mm -hmm. so it was one of his his first long-awaited vacation. He just Mm -hmm. uh, skipped his vacation plans and uh, took a plane to Dallas. Uh, uh, phoned a local drum shop and said, I want you to uh, do this and uh, this drum kit, it -hmm. should be in the studio. (laughs) <laughs> and i will uh, i will use it and thank you very much and they did it <laughs> and so the, his drum kit was ready for him you know and just wow. went in uh, we hugged you know and uh, great to see you man and then he, he just started playing wow cool yeah
0: and who rearranged the song because it obviously was a lot different from the version that's on the uh, night of the vampire
4: um exactly like, um, we we um we rearranged the song it, I, I think it was done in the studio part of it and and, and, the, and the rest of it was during the years we changed it a bit you know because it it, it couldn't it never was um, released on any official album right and it's also one of the very very first merciful fate songs written
0: mm-hmm.
4: with with different uh, titles and so I I don't actually I can't remember what it was called before it was called Return of the Vampire mm. uh so
0: how did that song get picked? But <laughs> How did that song get picked to uh, to do?
4: Because uh, it was one uh, a song that Lars uh, knew uh, from uh, we, we were trading tapes, you know, with all with the, the very first Metallica songs, you mm-hmm. know, Mechanics and all these early uh, Four Horsemen and, and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got some tapes for, for, for me, you know, with uh, with the Merciful Fate demos and and the very first, the early songs. So uh, he, I, mean, I believe he spent years uh, listening to these tapes, you know, and he picked out the song and said, oh, it could be nice to do this. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, that could be a nice song to redo. So we okay. did it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. You got a favorite song on this album, In the Shadows?
4: Uh, on In the Shadows, uh, yeah, uh, Bell Witch.
0: Right, okay, yep. the Witch. yeah.
4: The Bell Witch, yeah. A very strong and heavy song. And then again, with uh with some, of the, I mean, like I said, when I'm when we're on stage playing Bill Witch, then I know in one minute there will be a very nice part for me to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: I see a pattern here
4: yeah 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 but then again I, I i i do believe it's like that with many lead guitarists yeah of course you know they, some of their favorite songs are the part where they can shine you know mm-hmm. yeah, i mean you do need to be a bit like a have an ego to, to be uh you know to be in in that position standing on stage and play a lead, lead guitar solo <laughs> so yeah
2: and you have to be able to have the confidence to shine during the solo yeah, yeah.
0: All right. So after in the shadows, you did time. Now was there anything yeah. different about this album besides not having Timmy there? And now you got now you're actually playing with Snowy, and um, you got the oh. new bassist. Uh, it was Charlie D'Angelo, right?